to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. I'm Kim. And this is a podcast um, where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and see God, not primarily ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, First Chronicles chapter 13. Now, remember last time we were talking about the fact that the text transition, right, to this kind of highlight reel of David. Right. And it's just going to talk about David more than anybody. And he is just... And I realized too, like reading it, preparing, man, like he he is huge in Israel's history, right? He is. You think about Abraham, you think about Moses, but David has this kind of prominence. And here, um, you know, we've been going through like he had all these uh, military victories and all this stuff, but now he does something very important. He goes and gets the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark. And the Ark of the Covenant is very important and we talked about it a little bit in second samuel but it signified the mosaic covenant one mm-hmm. because it had the tablets in it right right and, and god's faithfulness yeah and mm-hmm. god was faithful right in that and it presented it was like god's presence right right um it was like god's presence on earth so he needed it for the temple but also it represented the throne right of god that he is mm-hmm. the king of israel and right. David's throne and Yahweh's throne are coterminous, right? They go hand in hand. God is reigning through David, right? Exactly. So that's why David goes and gets the ark. And he's very strategic. He mm-hmm. had established Jerusalem as the capital city. So he's like, we have our political things in order. Now mm. we need to get our religious side oh, that's good. in order. And so now let's go get this ark of the covenant, yep. which they hadn't had for a hundred years. Mm. So yeah, because it was mountain. taken away when Saul was was. Ruling. It was taken away when Samuel, yes, yeah. and then Saul, and so yeah, the entire Samuel, time yeah. Saul was Saul yeah. the king. Mm-hmm. They did not have the Ark of the Covenant. Remember the Philistines so took good. it. So he never went to get the Ark of the Covenant and the whole like, time he was king. So it is almost like because the covenant, the Ark of the, it is literally the Ark of the Covenant, right? So it's like. Um, it's almost like God, in a sense, was not with Saul. Right. Because the Ark of the Covenant, he didn't have it, right? Was not there. And right after David's kingship, he gets it, right? Exactly. And so God is with him. And I just thought about, though, just how it functions in the narrative here. David, they're showing David with all these military victories. Mm-hmm. And then they show him getting the Ark of the Covenant. And I just see David's biggest priority being God's presence. Right. And even in this, the first t- attempt, though, went wrong yeah, yeah. because he didn't do it the right way. He didn't do it the right way. Yeah. So very, God is very intentional about yep. you know, his holiness and how things are supposed to be. Mm. And Levites were supposed to carry it with poles and they bought a new cart, which is great, but that's not what God commanded. And so they put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart, hit a bump in a road, it falls, Uzzah goes up to grab it and... Dies. Dies. <laughs> Dies. It literally says, the text says, so he died there in the presence of God. And it's just, he's like, no, but my holiness. And that's, you know, what happened. Yeah. If you trace the history, if you remember the history, the Philistines mm-hmm. took it, they broke out in boils. Plague they sent it to like, we got to get it as close to Israel as possible. The yeah. people there picked it up in Beth Shemesh. They opened it, looked at it, more people died. They're like, hey, someone else has to come get it. And finally, the people at Kiriath Jaharim. They come to get it, and they're the ones who had it for the longest period of time. But again, we talk about the importance of genealogies. They are mentioned, mm. Kirith Jehoram is mentioned in First Chronicles, the second chapter. So yeah, earlier. you see how everything is coming together, coming together, how yeah. the genealogy 
is important, yeah. how it's significant. So Yeah. So it's like, I, we said this before, mm -hmm. like in Genesis, we were like, yo, there are gems in the genealogies. It is. So pay attention, like as carefully as you can, but pay attention to names, right? In right. places, because they come back later in the story to help us make sense of the story. But just going back to your point about God's holiness, mm -hmm. one of the things, uh, as I was studying for this, I realized that at this time, there was no ark. So, so the ark was there in David's time, but when they come back into the land right. after exile, second temple, there's no ark. Mm -hmm. But, the, but why, so why would you even write a story about an ark, fam, if there's no ark no more? <laughs> what he's saying is God is holy. He is. Y'all have to understand just how holy God. Like it's it's bigger than the ark, right? right. Ultimately, like. You got to understand who God is and how holy he is. And don't take it for granted. And don't take it for granted. That's a natural thing to put your hand out to grab something that's falling. He's like, yeah, but uh, if you would have done it the way I told you to in the first place, we yeah. wouldn't be in a situation. My holiness is real. Yeah. And God's presence follows. Uh, God's blessing follows his presence. Mm -hmm. So in 14, right. God's blessing is on David. Right. He, he is, is just establishing him. He's build a right palace. Point. Yeah. Sending people yeah. who are the best workers. Like, I'm not only going to send you the materials to build your palace, I'm mm -hmm. going to send you the people to help you do it. The whole nine yards. And people and recognize them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what I love too, though, Kim, um, like you said, like it talks about, you know, him having children and that's a sign of blessing in this day. But you did talk about something really good about the wives he acquired. Yes. And that obviously that's not God's intention for us, but yeah, you were saying some good stuff. Talks about, about David took more wives in Jerusalem and it, you mm -hmm. know, add yes to his children who are blessing, but it yeah. also points out a lot of times like in uh, Deuteronomy 17, he says that the king should not take too many wives because mm -hmm. it'll make their hearts go astray. Right. It wasn't the issue of women. It was that they were connecting themselves to these women. Um, they were making alliances with these nations through yeah. marrying these wives. And in doing this, they were also bringing their gods with them. Mm. And so here it is, David sets this example for his son, yeah. taking these additional wives. Mm. And although David's heart, well, we see what he did with Bathsheba. Sure. But later on, what blows up for Solomon is that he takes... Oh. All these 1,000 women between thousand, the concubines the wives, and yeah. the wives. And so what David did in little yeah. pieces, Solomon blows up. Yeah. And so just a reminder of like, one, our kids are watching. I have yeah. three little ones. Absolutely. Our kids are watching. Mm -hmm. And so just the little decisions that we make, they may follow and imitate and it goes completely awry. Yeah. And as if you guys were listening, you realize that uh, one of our hosts, John, has not been on for the past few po few podcasts, and he will be back. But one of the things that he always says is that what you do in moderation, mm -hmm. someone else will do in excess. Right. And we see that with David and Solomon. Um, but yeah, even going back, though, to the fact that David in 14, what I love, too, was that every time the Philistines came to attack, he would inquire of the Lord. He would. You know? And mm -hmm. so, like, one of the things we see is that, man, like... That with which we rest in is that whom we run to, right? right? So like when trouble ensues and problem ensues in our lives and it's going mm -hmm. to happen, who do you run to, right? right. And, and this is drawn out more for David in the Psalms, right? So right. you see all of these Psalms of like, God, how long, oh Lord, how long, right? Mm -hmm. um, but David is a guy who understands his need even for, for God, as prominent as he is. right? He understands his need for God. He never outgrows. We never outgrow our need for God. 
And wow. I love how even this time with the Philistines, like when they run, they leave behind their idols. Mm. Like God, he, they're just like, okay, we are out. And just the reality of their idols didn't save them. Yeah. Could not save them. Oh, they can't save us. Yeah. And I love too, <clears throat> idols can't save us. David knows that. He gets the ark finally to mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Finally. finally he, he, they get it right. They get it right. And like you said, Kim, um, earlier, like the Levites are carrying it. Right. Right. So David now sees, all right, God is hope. Like we, we get that. But not only that, that is something prescribed in the law. Right. right? So David is Torah observant. Mm-hmm. Right. He's a law abiding Israelite and king. And yeah, like that shows that points to his um, disposition and place before God as faithful. Right. Like that he kept God's law and understanding that, um, yeah, the ark literally carried the law. So he is being uh, obedient here as well. And even, I mean, just you talk about the Levites, how he went back to what was prescribed. But just again, God's grace in that mm-hmm. when the Ark of the Covenant was taken away, Samuel was like the last judge and he was the one who put, you know, who anointed Saul and anointed David. Here they mention Heman. Yeah. Um, as one of the ones who would come. It was a Levite appointed, and he was the son of Joel. Well, Joel mm-hmm. was Samuel's son, which means here it is, his grandson is one of the ones who's responsible for helping to celebrate bringing the Ark of the Covenant back after being gone for 100 years. So. Right, yeah, God's grace in grace. That, that his grandson would be able to share in the blessing of the Ark making its way mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. And that's symbolizing God's presence right. being in Jerusalem. Um and yeah, in 16, it's they just crazy. They celebrate it. They celebrate. They worship, right? Um, and we see why David is called the psalmist. Mm, like he combines come on. Um, Psalm 105, 96, and 106 in this psalm. Wow. Aspects of all three of those psalms. Like, That's oh, okay, not only is this, he, this awesome king and yeah. this military, this warrior, yeah. beast psalmist. Beast writer. He, write, he writing all the songs. <laughs> yeah, like he top... Yeah, he's topping all the charts if he I lived know. in our day. And I didn't even notice that. So I, when I read it, I was like, these sound familiar. I, but I didn't realize that, yeah, it's a collection of actual songs. Actual that is songs so cool. What I, what I thought about, too, though, was the fact that, man, we worship is the inevitable response um, of a person that has been captivated by how good God is. Mm-hmm. And David was captivated by how yes. good the Lord was to him and that it was all from him as much and it's prominent. Remember, cities named after him. Right. Defeating everybody, not losing any fights. And it's like, man, I, I, I realize that God has been good to me. Right. You know what I mean? And um, one of the things we have to realize is that Jerusalem is this prominent city all the way up until the God man, Christ himself, comes. Mm-hmm. And he dies in Jerusalem and he resurrects and he tells his disciples that. No, like go back to, when he after he resurrected, he says, Go back to Jerusalem, wait on the Lord's promise, the spirit comes. Yeah. So the gospel starts to go out from the from first Christians. Unbelievable. In Jerusalem. So intentional. It's so intentional. So God was setting all of this up, and David is just playing his small little part. Let me take the ark back, right? And and for us, we have to just do our part. Right. Right? Like, yo, let me go to church today. Let me read my Bible. Like, <laughs> let me do, let me be a faithful husband, a faithful wife, right. a faithful boyfriend, girl, whatever I am. Like, let me just do that. And we'd be surprised how how much it ties into God's grand narrative of redemption he's carrying out in the world. And Saul's life is a picture of what happens when you don't. Mm, absolutely.